$20 billion potential market in healthcare. This is Industry Focus. Hi, Fools. Healthcare analyst Michael Douglas, and I'm on the phone with uh, one of our contributors, Todd Campbell, today. Todd, how sick are you of the snow at this point? I am so, so sick of shoveling. I'm, I'm going to be in fantastic shape come spring. Okay. That's, that's the upside. Well, well, since we're since we're in healthcare, you know, uh, being being healthy is an important part of that. So I'm glad to hear at least there is a silver lining here. Uh, in this playbook, as it were. There, let me go ahead and just just make the movie reference as well. (laughs) All right, so today we really wanted to talk about biosimilars uh, and the biosimilar market, which uh, I think is being estimated to be worth, what, as much as $20 billion in, what is it, 2017, 2018, 2020, something like that? Yeah, you know, it's a moving target right now because no one really knows how much of the market these biosimilars are going to capture. Mm-hmm. But Pfizer estimates that this is a $20 billion market by 2020, and then growing exponentially from there as more bio, uh, biologic drugs come off patent. Sure. All right. So, and, and, and I, wanna, I definitely want to delve, delve into this market and talk winners and losers. But first, let's define biologic drugs and biosimilar drugs, and let's talk a little bit about that. So a biologic drug. Todd, go ahead and lead us off. Yeah, I think the most important thing for investors to understand is that, you know, the first wave of, of medication that, that won approval for the FDA were small molecule drugs. And small molecule drugs were kind of like, you know, they were, they were top-selling drugs, they were easy to manufacture, they are easy to copy. The next wave were biologics, and biologics are more complex, they're harder to duplicate. And as a result, they were harder to bring to market, and, and generic drugs for small molecules basically are about 10-year head start on where you know, the generic alternatives are for these new biologics, uh, for, which will be called biosimilars. And we're about to see that explode because so many biologics are going to start coming off patent in, in the next five to 10 years. The estimate right now um, is that we're talking about $70 billion uh, in sales for biologic drugs that are going to be coming off patent over the course of the next uh, five or six years. Mm-hmm. So it's a tremendous opportunity that is akin toward the, what we saw with, um, uh, the, I guess, the, the creation of the generic drug marketplace for small molecule drugs. And that's a market that has been a, a boon to companies like Teva Pharmaceuticals and Mylan, for example. Sure. Well, and let's let's unpack that even a little bit further, because one of the things with small molecule generics um, is that you know it, they were easy to manufacture, they were easy to get approved, and so you would see markdowns as high as ninety percent off the 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 sticker price for that original small molecule drug for the generic. But with biosimilars, because it's it's more complex, it's more difficult to get approved. Um, for these generics, these biosimilars, um, the estimates that we're getting from analysts are that it's going to be more like a 20, 30, 40% haircut instead of that 90% haircut, which means, sure, more R&D costs to get them approved and get them ready and, and, and prove that they are sufficiently similar to the biologic drugs, but 
also greater potential revenue and markup on the dr- on the biosimilars, uh, you know, with only that say twenty or thirty or forty percent haircut instead of an eighty or ninety percent haircut for a small molecule. Absolutely, you know, obviously there's more headaches in development. Um, you know, they're biosimilar for a reason, right? They're similar. They're not exact copies. Right. And you know that creates a lot of questions. You know, the FDA has been uh, slower um, than regulators in Europe to approve biosimilars so far because they're just not so sure what the pathway should be for approving drugs that aren't exactly the same uh, as the small molecule generics were. Um, they're, wor- they're ironing that out, and I think that we're getting closer to the point where we're going to start seeing um, biosimilars on the market here in the U.S. But your point is a valid one. It's going to cost a little bit more money up front to show that these drugs have the same clinical efficacy. Okay, so basically, okay, this drug works as well as. It may not be designed exactly the same as, but it works as well as these drugs. And because those costs are a little bit, um, are going to be a little higher, and because the cost of biologics in the marketplace are far higher than traditional small molecule drugs, you're right. These could be very, very profitable um, drugs for, for companies like Hospira, which just got bought in the $17 billion deal uh, from Pfizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let's, let's talk about that a little bit because, um, you know, I think, you know, you're seeing a number of big pharmas starting to want to play in this space. I mean, of course, their pipelines are threatened potentially by these biosimilars, but at the same time. By the same token, you know, if it's somebody else's pipeline that they're that they're getting into with that biosimilar, then there's a, an opportunity for them to to have a generic drug that could be a blockbuster in its own right. And I mean, let's let's talk about Hospira, right? So they've got uh, a, um, a a biosimilar for Remicade, the uh, blockbuster autoimmune drug um, that they are. Um, beginning to uh, launch in Europe and hope, hoping to get approval for in the U.S. as well. I mean, this drug could be really big and, and, and certainly, I think, was part of the argument for Pfizer to go ahead and buy up Hospira. Right. Yeah, I mean, Europe has been on the cutting edge of biosimilars, and there have been drugs approved for use over there for years, mm-hmm. and Hospira already has um, a couple of them, um, three, you know, including um, Nupagen, uh, a biosimilar for Nupagen, a biosimilar for Epogen, and now they've got the biosimilar for Remicade, which is you know a, a multi-billion-dollar drug. I I think that Merck reported 2.4 billion in sales in Europe, uh, Russia, and Turkey for the drug in 2014 or 2013. So we're talking a lot of money at stake. Right. And you know, yeah, I, I mean, th- Pfizer is looking at this and saying this could be how we jumpstart our growth. And to your point earlier. You know, as long as I'm not, you know, there's there's two advantages. One, I can cannibalize a competitor's sale, right? Sales. Uh, two, I can protect my own franchise. So that's why you have a lot of different drug makers, like you said, uh, out there who are are building up their pipelines. You know, Amgen is on the hot seat because you know it's the manufacturer of Nupagen, right? Mm-hmm. So you know it doesn't want to lose that market share. So what does it do? It takes all of, it ex- of that experience it has in developing biologics, creates a biosimilars program, and then that way it can keep that market share. It doesn't have to give it up to a competitor who develops a biosimilar. 
Right. So, you know, you've got companies out there like, you know, Pfizer, obviously, with this big splash, right. um, it is basically telling everyone, hey, biosimilars are going to be the real deal and it's going to be worth a lot of money. Yeah, $17 billion isn't exactly chump change. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, Amgen, um, you know, they've just increased from six biosimilars in development to nine biosimilars. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those just put up great numbers showing that it's, you know, has the same clinical efficacy as Humira, yeah. which, of course, is the granddaddy of biologic drugs. You know, that's, that's AbbVie's drug for rheumatoid arthritis and psoriasis. You know, it's got $12 billion in annual sales, and it's losing patent protection at the end of 2016. This is going to be a huge play for these companies. I mean, if you can come up with a, uh, a, a equivalent efficacy for Humira and launch that, get FDA approval uh, and European approval to, to, to market those products in 2017, you're talking about billions of dollars out of the gate. Blockbuster drugs, to your point, for a, um, for a biosimilar, for a generic drug. That's, that's pretty, pretty remarkable. Yeah. Well, and, and, and one of the things that's really driving governments toward biosimilars, and it's been felt even more strongly in Europe uh, than in the U.S., is this real drive to reduce healthcare spending without reducing the quality of care, if at all possible. Um, and that's why you're seeing, why you've seen a, a lot of companies um, need to give, you know, substantially increased, um, uh, what's what I'm uh, thinking of? Um, well, you know, pharmacy benefit managers, I, you know, this, this could be towards your point, is yeah. pharmacy benefit managers, they've been going gangbusters yeah. because they're being hired by healthcare payers to control the cost of, of drug spending. And drug spending is going through the roof. Right. You know, biologics is going to be a $200 billion a year market in the next five years for biologic drugs alone. Right. So, you know, you're looking at biosimilars capturing 10% of that. Well, you know, go back in time a little bit, and small molecule generics only had about 40% of the market in 03, and now they have about 80% of the market now. So, right. I mean, there's a tremendous opportunity here. And what's, what's behind that is the healthcare payers are going to say, listen, we need to control this spending. Yeah. So they're going to be embracing pharmacy benefit managers like CVS Health, like um, Express Scripts, and telling them, see what you can do about making sure that these drugs are getting out in front of current patients that are taking these more expensive alternatives. Right. So there's a lot of opportunity for market share growth just tied to there being so many people with a vested interest in biosimilar success. Right. Well, and that's particularly true, I think, in Europe, where government payers you know, have been demanding greater discounts. That was the word I was looking for earlier, discounts <laughs> from uh, big pharma, big biotech, small biotech, you know, all, all these healthcare drug makers for years. And uh, in the U.S., you know, we're starting to feel that more and more as Medicare and, um, and as you to your point, our uh, private insurers are trying to find ways to to save money. And so I, I think this is a trend that could really benefit biosimilars. So let's talk then, uh, in, in, in wrapping this up, let's talk about the best stocks, um, the best stock potentially to buy, uh, you know, in this biosimilar market. Now, as you've mentioned, you know, maybe not so many pure plays at this point, but several big farmers are in this, are in this market. Um, what is the one that's most attractive to you, or what would make one the most attractive to you? 
Yeah, I think there are, there are three right now that are really on my radar. Mm-hmm. And again, because Hospera has been bought by Pfizer, one of them is Pfizer. Right. You know, pre, you know, I I had been nervous about Pfizer because I I just I couldn't figure out where their growth was going to come from. Sure. And now I have a much better understanding. Okay, great. This could be billions of additional dollars. This could be what helps them turn the corner back to profitability. Right. And, I mean, back to uh, revenue growth year over year. And, and I, so I think Pfizer has to be back on people's radar because of this deal. Um, Amgen is another one that I think people now have to look at and say, geez, there could be a good opportunity here where before I was worried that they were going to start to see their market share uh, fall away as their patents expired. Mm-hmm. Now I'm starting to think, wow, you know, they could actually hold on to a lot of the market share for their own uh, pat- patents that are going to expire, but they could also go out now and grab market share away from AbbVie's Humira and other drugs as they advance it. So I think Amgen is another one to consider. And then I would wrap that up with uh, Novartis. Novartis is also a, a huge player in biosimilars. They've got five biosimilars already in the market in Europe. They're doing more than $400 million in sales from those biosimilars in Europe already. And they just got the nod from the FDA advisory panel that would support approval or potential approval of their biosimilar to Nupagen, uh, possibly as early as this year. So those would be, the, I guess, the big three yeah. that investors should be considering. Yeah, well, and I would I would add to that. You know, I think the <laughs> I think the initial the initial big winner probably will be whoever uh, is able to get the data and the generic ready first for Humira. Um, you know, I think that's the one that I'm going to be watching most closely and thinking most hard about because you know you've got what was in 2013 the best selling drug in the world um, going off patent soon. Whoever can really wrap that up <laughs> and and really just start. You know, stealing a lot of that market share could have a really impressive opportunity ahead. Um, Todd, thank you for your thoughts, uh, folks. Uh, you know, as always here at the Motley Fool, we're all about helping the world invest better. Um, one of the ways we do that is through our um, through our uh, premium services, which are which are paid services. Although, you know, as as a former premium service subscriber before I came on staff, they're pretty cheap, um, and I, I certainly found that I had good. Uh, I had a really good. Uh, return on my investment. Um, we're always looking at what the next big growth opportunities could be, whether they're biosimilars or elsewhere. And if you're interested in learning more about that, um, shoot us an email at growth at fool.com. We'll have a special offer to David Gardner's Rule Breakers service um, that really is all about trying to find that next big thing. Smart group of analysts um, and uh, really pretty impressive returns uh, over the lifetime of the service. Uh, Todd, thank you as always. Uh, folks, check back to the Industry Focus podcast at fool.com for all of your healthcare and other investing needs and fool on.